All right. Well, let me just tell you guys, I pay the bills in X Church. I'm the one who takes care of the secretaries. Don't everyone leave their checkbooks home. <laughs> I'm just a little worried about that. I was like, uh-oh, uh-oh. We're not going to ask for abundance and more, but it'd be nice still to pay the bills. So really happy to have you guys here and have you be part of our week three of this Mountains, Valleys, and In-Betweens. I know that I have totally enjoyed teaching it because I have experienced all three of those elevations in my own life. So I'm sure that you guys, if you faithfully follow it at all, you yourself have been in those places yourself. So we were talking before the first week about the mountains, those experiences that we have where we really feel God's right with us. That maybe God revealed something to you, spoke something to you. Maybe you felt him like surround you in, in part of your life and it really just encouraged your faith. It really made your faith stronger. Then we talked about those valleys, those deep valleys that we can go through where it's just painful. You know, there's a struggle to get through them. You get through them and you look back and you think there was only one way that you did it and that was through Jesus's help to get you there. But today we're going to actually talk about those in-between times, those times where sometimes it feels as though nothing is happening, those times where you just feel like, you know what, it's just getting up, doing the same old, same old, nothing new is going on, and you kind of feel like, I'm a little discouraged. Maybe I really felt like, you know, you felt like God was going to always be there, and it was always going to be like it was on the mountains, that you're always going to have God speaking to you, or you're going to feel his presence, or, or maybe it's going to be like the valleys where you feel like, you know, God, just hold my hand, and sometimes you look back and you feel like he's not with you. Those in-between times are really a struggle sometimes to get through. And I think we like to think sometimes the in-betweens are just those times where, you know, it's status quo, things are going good. But sometimes our status quo, the things that we think are going good, are not necessarily always going as well as we think they are. Sometimes they're kind of just discouraging. Sometimes you're very discouraged in your face. Sometimes you really feel as though, like, there's no hope. You kind of feel like God isn't there next to you anymore, and you kind of feel like you're not hearing him like you used to. Or, you know, you, you go in to maybe to church, and you're there, and you're experiencing the songs, and, and you remember when you were in that mountain or you're in that valley that those words that you sang really spoke to your heart. You sang them with, like, passion. But then there's other times that you come in, and you can see the sing, sing the same song and really feel nothing. And you wonder why that is. And I want you to know, just like I've been trying to teach you these last few weeks, that those experiences that we have are completely normal. You're going to have those times where you're going to feel those high highs, where you really feel like God is right there beside you. And then you're going to feel those low lows, that you're like, God, I just need you to get me through this time. You're going to have those in-between times where you honestly just feel a little down, a little lost, discouraged. And you really feel like God's just not with you like he was. A lot of times, you know, it's not as so much fun telling people like, you know, when you're in the in-betweens, it's not as much fun as when you tell people about those mountains. Or when you share those experiences like, you know, God just got me through those valleys. It's really hard to say to people, you know, I just get up every day and it's just tough. You know, it's not so much fun to share those experiences as much. But like I said, life is filled with these you know, high highs, low lows, ups and downs that we're going to go through. But a lot of times it really is just simply that status quo that we're going to go through. And it doesn't matter, like I said, who you are. It doesn't matter if you have, you know, great attractiveness, a great income, a great educational degree, degree all those different things. You're, no matter who you are, you're going to experience those same elevations that each of us will go through. 
None of us gets to live on the mountaintops. We don't get to camp out there. We don't get to be with God at all times. But thankfully, we're not forced to live in the valleys where we always feel so desperate and lost. A lot of our times is really going to be spent in the same old, same old. The times where we get up and it feels like nothing is happening at all. But it's so important to understand the in-betweens, that it's a place that you're supposed to be making progress. However small it is, however slow you're going, it's that you're moving forward and then you're never falling back. You're never losing ground. And I think it's definitely the place where we have to trust in God's promises. Those promises that he's with us, even though sometimes he doesn't feel like he is, that he's still beside us. I've said the same scripture reference for the last three weeks, and it's something I really want you to hold on to. Hold on to, trust in. Joshua 1.9, it says, This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Wherever you go. It doesn't matter if it's the high highs. It doesn't matter if it's the low lows. Or it doesn't matter if it's just the same old, same old, flat, boring piece of ground that you're walking on, that he's still with you. Despite you maybe not feeling it, he's still there beside you. You know, like I said, those in-betweens are those times where it seems like nothing's happening. Nothing's taking place. You know, like I said, God doesn't feel close, yet he is. He's still right there beside us. It's just sometimes it's us that really doesn't feel him. You know, I think when discouragement comes, we have to start to understand and, and look at our lives and see maybe where it is that we're struggling. Is it, is it God trying to show us something? Maybe our devotion isn't as much as what it needs to be. Or maybe it could be that, you know, you started walking the wrong direction. Maybe you started losing ground. Maybe you started falling back. Maybe you started to get involved in some of the things that maybe you did in the past that was leading you farther away from God. And you start to slowly pick up those same struggles. And we know that God is holy. God's word tells us that he's holy. He cannot be around sin. So when we start to sin and we no longer feel God, sometimes it's not just God trying to teach us a lesson, but it's us and our disobedience instead. The in-betweens can be described by another word. And you see it so many times through the Bible, and it's called the wilderness. Those wilderness times. You know, it doesn't look so scary. When you look at the, the in-between times, we think of it as being really innocuous, a time that's really not that dangerous. But it's called the wilderness. Now, if we watch any National Geographic or anything like that, we know the wilderness sounds really dangerous, doesn't it? The wilderness is actually a lot more dangerous than what you think. We see those people in the Bible so many times that have to experience the wilderness. And anybody that's really followed after God for any length of time, we all have to walk through the wilderness. If you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, you're going to walk in the wilderness. It's just part of the journey. It's just part of what you're going to experience. You're going to experience these times where you feel God so powerfully, these times where you just think, I I just love him so much that he got me through this battle. And there's going to be those times where, honestly, it is just, God, protect me from the wolves. Protect me from myself. Protect me from those places where they're just dangerous places to travel. And I think the wilderness is a place a lot of times where you do really question your faith. You know, maybe you decided for sure this is 100%. Man, I love Jesus with all my heart. And then all of a sudden you start to walk the journey. And you start to think, well, what if this isn't really real? What if this is all just a figment of my imagination? 
You know, I think sometimes we beat ourselves up for those thoughts. And, and, you know, we all experience those things too. We all have those moments of doubt. You know, we just totally trust God on those mountaintops and we we totally trust that fact that he got us through those valleys. But then we get in the in-between sometimes and we can start to doubt. What if this book really is just false? If it's not real, if it's made up. What if this God that we totally trusted in the mountaintops and the valleys that created the heavens and the earth and we believe without a doubt it's he's the one, man. We're the one that we're supposed to, he's the one we're following. But then we start to get through those in-betweens and we start to think, but is it the only way? All of us are going to have those doubts from time to time. We're all going to struggle with those same things in the wilderness. But we have to decide what it is that we're going to do in those wilderness moments. How are we going to keep moving forward? How are we not going to fall back? How are we going to not get so discouraged that we give up, but we keep traveling on? It might be the place that you're finding yourself in today. Maybe that's where you're at. Maybe out there somebody of you is going just like mountaintop, like you just had this God just like powerfully show you something, and you're just walking on air, and you're like, this is the best thing ever following Christ. Or maybe you just got through the valley, and you're like, oh. Just hold on. You know, that's the only way I got through. And God was so faithful to me through in this time. And he just got me through. And it was so great. But maybe you're just in the in-betweens. And you're like, I don't know. You see people praising God. And they're all worshiping him. And during this time of, of time that we sing. And, and you're like, I just don't feel that fervor. I don't feel that excitement. I don't feel that joy right now. Maybe it's because you feel like God's just not close to you no more. You know, I think the wilderness is a time where we're tempted sometimes just to turn back. It just looks easier to go back sometimes, you know, instead of keep going forward when it gets tough. I think sometimes it's easier just to go the world's way than it is God's way sometimes because we know that we're accepted more there. The world loves its company. We're all doing the things that we shouldn't be doing. But God instead says keep going closer to him. The in-betweens, the wilderness... You're going to struggle through them. And everyone in the Bible did too. You know, the word wilderness is actually described in the Bible as like 300 times. So we know without a doubt what's going to happen is you're going to come to know Christ. God's going to give you great experiences. God is going to take you some, through some deep, deep valleys. But a lot of the times you're just going to experience this in-between wilderness that's really a lot more dangerous than you give it credit You know, if you look through the Bible, we can see that the people of Israel, first and foremost, they walked through the wilderness. The Bible describes that as after Moses went and went to Pharaoh and asked for the Israelites to be released from slavery. When they were finally released, they were taken out, looked like there was no escape. What could they do? Pharaoh's chariots were coming after them. And Moses split the sea, and they walked on dry dry ground and crossed over. Right after they They'd crossed over. We had this experience where the chariots all rushed in, and they're going to go too, and they're going to still catch up. But God brings the sea back down and drowns all them. These Israelites, man, they had this mountaintop experience where they saw God just come through in this powerful, amazing way. But no sooner did they get through that mountaintop experience, they went straight into the wilderness. And what they did at that time is they started to grumble. They started to complain we're thirsty. We need water. We're tired. We need more food. We used to have, you know, watermelon and cantaloupe and all this other stuff in the other places, and now I have nothing. 
God gives them manna. God gives them water from a rock. But yet, they grumble, they complain, and they experience what should have taken them 40 days took them 40 years. Our wilderness journey, what I want you to understand is it's up to you how long you'll travel in it. How long will it take you to learn the lessons that you need to learn? Are you going to be one of those ones that honestly just starts in the the wilderness and before long you're going to lose track of God, you're going to lose faith in God, you're going to start grumbling, complaining, maybe the things that you're not given quick enough? Are you going to start taking more time than you should to get through the wilderness? Then we have Elijah. Elijah who experienced wilderness. Elijah had this mountaintop experience, a literal mountaintop experience where he goes to Mount Carmel. And he goes and he tries to show the Israelites and the prophets of Baal that the God of Israel was the true God. So they both come and they say they're going to lay sacrifices down on altars. They're each going to call on their gods to see who is the more powerful God that can burn up this sacrifice. The prophets of Baal, they tried everything they could. They called out, they yelled, screamed. If you haven't read the story, you should because it's the most amazing story ever where Elijah actually mocks them and says, where's your God? Where's your God? Why is he not here? Is he out relieving himself? Is he not paying attention to your, your voices? They actually start to cut themselves and they start to do those things that's their customs. Nothing happens. Elijah has this experience where he says, God, show these people that you are God. And fire rains down, burns up the sacrifice. It's an amazing story. But right after that story, Elijah immediately goes into the wilderness where he starts to lose hope, a little bit of faith. Even though he just had this great experience from God, he has these moments where he starts to really distrust because King Ahab's wife, Jezebel, who was even more evil than King Ahab, says she vows by the next day at that same time that he'll be dead. So he goes through this wilderness time. These people in the Bible experience just what we are. You know, these, these stories that we read in the Bible sometimes, we look at them and we just like, they're stories, but what they're there for is they're there as examples. These are the same things that you're going to go through. Maybe you're not going to have the, uh, you know, prophets of Baal right next to you, but you're going to have other things that you're going to struggle with. We have the experience of David. David has this mountaintop experience where God gives him power, strength, his faithfulness. He kills Goliath. Then he goes off and he conquers so many lands. But then immediately he has to flee into the wilderness because King Saul wants to kill him. King Saul and his men try to kill David at every turn because he's so jealous of David. And then we have Jesus. Jesus gives us one of the most amazing stories of his experience in the wilderness. Those same things that we are going to experience in our life, the things that we're going to battle in our wilderness, Jesus himself experienced. He had this this time where he was getting baptized by John the Baptist, and he comes out of the water, and God yells out, This is my son. With him I'm well pleased. What a mountaintop experience to hear the God that created everything and say that he's pleased with you. But it says he's immediately whisked away into the wilderness to test him. See, we we have this really bad idea in our brain that it's just going to be easy all the time. It's not going to be easy to follow after God. 
every one of us that accepts Jesus as our Savior is going to go through this time that's really a test and a trial, a struggle. Trust issues you're going to have with God. It's exactly what Jesus shows us in that experience. It's a time when we are going to have to not grumble and complain like the the Israelites. And, you know, we're going to have to be fighting our fears and be strong like Elijah. You know, not believing that his life was going to be snuffed out. It's a time when we're going to just have to trust in doing the right thing. Sometimes, you know what, like David, David had so many opportunities he could have killed, killed King Saul himself. But instead what he said is, I'm going to trust that God's going to take vengeance instead of me. These are the same battles you're going to go through when you're in the wilderness. You're going to have to fight your human wants and desires. The things that you're going to struggle with in your life. The things that you struggled with before you came to Christ, you're still going to struggle with afterwards. It's not like it's immediately going to be taken away from you. It's a battle in the wilderness. It's a struggle in the wilderness. It's not easy. Jesus shows us when he was tempted by Satan how it is that we can fight. How it is that we can be successful in the wilderness. The in-betweens, the times where it seems like nothing's happening, but really when true battles are taking place. In Matthew 4, 1 through 11, it says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. During that time the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No. The scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, If you are the Son of God, then jump off. For the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you, and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, The scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away, and angels came and took care of Jesus. We can see that Jesus was tempted by all those same things that we're going to be tempted with. Those same experiences that Jesus had in the wilderness, we are also going to have. There's a reason why that story is there is to show us that those same things that he struggled with, that he was tempted with, we are going to be tempted with. Jesus was tempted by the physical need of hunger. Forty days, forty nights he spent hungry. At that moment he had the physical need of his, his stomach gnawing in hunger. We all feel hungry just, you know, six hours goes by. Can you imagine your hunger after 40 days? You imagine the hunger that he must have experienced at that moment. And Jesus knew that, or Satan knew that, and so he tempted Jesus by saying, Here, make these stones bread. You can do it. And Jesus says, No. The scriptures say man does not live by, by bread alone, but by the words of God. See, the one thing that Jesus wants us to understand is that we have to know God's word. This is where so many Christians fail in the wilderness because you know what they do is they think that they're going to come here and this is going to be enough to feed them the whole week. It is not. What I'm telling you today is not enough to get you through the hunger to last you till next week. You have to feed yourself every day. It's a daily thing. See, it's another thing that we forget. We try to lump into all this time of the in-betweens into one big time, but God tries to tell us that it's 
every day. It's a daily thing that we do. It's daily eating and drink, you know, trying to drink from God and eat from God and try to get those experiences by reading God's word and, and being close to him. You know, Jesus was also tempted by pride. Satan told him that, you know, he was God. He wouldn't be hurt if he jumped off the temple. You know, it would, he, what Jesus was tempted with then is the same things that we are, that we're somehow in control of our own destiny, that we think that we have all the control. And that's not the case. We're not in control. We like to amuse ourselves and think ourselves that we are in control of our lives. We like to pretend that we do have control. But in the great scheme of things, we have no control. God's God. Jesus was also tempted by Satan with bowing down to the things that are God's in this world. You know, seeking more power. Seeking those things that would give us, like, you know, a chance to be puffed up, that we're more powerful and more strength than other people. You know, I read it this way. Jesus was tempted with hedonism, the pursuit of pleasure, egoism, the pursuit of self-interest, and materialism, the pursuit of power and things. These are the same things that we're going to struggle with. You know, the other thing that I noticed that Jesus did when he was faced with those temptations, what he did was he said, get out of here, Satan, didn't he? Get out of here. The problem with this, us is we play with sin. We don't separate ourselves from it. When we're tempted, instead, a lot of times what we're guilty of is we're just kind of like saying, winking and kind of saying, come here, come here, sin. We kind of want to flirt with Satan. We want to flirt with danger. See, God's word tells us that we have the power to tell Satan to flee. If you're a follower of God, if you're a child of God, you have the power to say when you're tempted in a situation to say, Satan, you must flee from me. You'll have that power. God gives us so many clues in this little scripture verse how it is that you're going to succeed, how you're going to win in the wilderness. But you're going to struggle with those things that give you pleasure. You're going to struggle with those self-interests that you have. Those things that you put in front of God all the time. You're going to struggle with the idea that you want to be powerful. That you want to look like you're successful. Those are the things that I've watched people be destroyed so many times over and over again in their faith. In the, in the 25 years of following after God that I've seen, I've seen so many people fall victim. They start out strong. Things are great. They start serving God, and they think this is wonderful. But they really diminish what's going on in the wilderness, the in-between times. They don't understand sometimes when they just take a little step closer to Satan or a little step closer to, to sin that it's actually causing them to lose way more ground than they believed. And before long, like I said, this discouragement comes. And you have to question, is it because you're discouraged because God's trying to maybe make you hungry more for him? Or is it because God really just can't be near you anymore because you have gone the way of farther away from holiness? How are you doing it? How are you making it? How are you going to succeed in this wilderness that you're going to walk through? Like I said, by knowing God's word. It's so important to know God's word when you're faced with a situation to know what you should do and shouldn't do. To not be deceived by wrong thinking. The world's going to shout at you and tell you what they believe and what they feel is right and what they think is good. But you have to look at what the world tells you and you have to compare it to what God's word says. Does it match up? 
Does it match with the truth or does it not? If you match it, if you look at it with God's word and you're, you know, you don't see where it matches, I'm sorry to tell you it's going to be you. The authority is God's. We're dangerous that way. We like to think that we know more than God. And then the following the commandments. God gave us commandments to follow. To simply follow them is what's important. That's exactly what the Israelites had to do. They had to follow, and they had to follow the commandments, and they had to keep searching out God. The other thing is keeping God first. This priority that we would prioritize God in our life. So many people are given so many great gifts. They come to Christ. They just can't wait to be blessed. They ask God for things. It's like, God, send me the right person. God, give me more wisdom. Give me more money. Give me more this and that. And God blesses them. But before long, what happens is they take those blessings and they put those blessings higher on the altar than God is that gave them to them. I've watched so many people fall victim to that. That they believe these gifts that God's given them are their gods afterwards. Families, spouses, jobs, money, kids. All of a sudden, you look around in the church sometimes and you remember praying with them and like they're gone. Because they got lost in the wilderness. They didn't realize it. They started taking those few steps back and didn't think it was going to make a big difference, and it does. This is why we tell you all the time, it's not because we want your numbers to be here in our service, but it's because it's so important for you to keep going forward in the wilderness, for you to be here, because God speaks. And it could be exactly what it is that he wants to tell you today when you're here, that you needed to hear. But when you're not here, you missed out. You fell a few steps behind. I also believe that to get through the wilderness, what we have to do sometimes is we have to really understand that those gifts God's given us, those times where we went on those mountaintops, those times that we were in the valleys, that those times are really truly those encouraging times, those times that are, are touch points in our faith. When we start to get discouraged, we start to get down, that we actually go back to those times and we remember God's faithfulness. Remember God's goodness. Remember how he spoke to us, how he challenged us, how he changed us. Those are those things that we need to get through. Because there's times where, you know, it's going to be everything you do just to get up and keep walking. And the thing that you're going to have to do is you're going to have to remind yourself. You're going to have to go back in those times and relive them and experience them again of how God got you through and gave you hope. The wilderness is a time where you're going to be tested it's going to be a time where you're going to go through trials. It's a time where you're going to have trust issues. They are definitely not, you know, a safe time in your life. And I think sometimes we like to think when nothing's happening that it's good. But you need to start understanding that if nothing is happening, it might be bad. Maybe God's really seeing that you're falling behind, that he's no longer in sight. That you can hardly even pick him out anymore. That he's not there. Like I said, we're all going to be on this journey. We're all walking. It's your choice whether or not it's going to be 40 days or 40 years. Because I will truly tell you, and I believe this with all my heart, that those things that God wants to teach you, if he doesn't teach you now, he'll teach you again in the future. He's going to tempt you with those things again. 
He's going to allow you to be tempted. He's going to see if you're growing, if you're getting stronger, if you're, you're able to say no sometimes to the things that you were tempted with in the past. The Israelites moved, like I said, from Egypt to Canaan. They were going to their promised land. It's the same thing happens to us when we come to Christ. We have this salvation experience that takes place. The beginning, our Egypt, where we were slaves to everything that was offered up by Satan. What the world gives us. But we're moving towards our promised land, the ultimate promised land that we'll end up in when we die. But how long is it going to take you? How hard is it going to be for you? Are you going to keep going back, sinning, losing ground, or are you going to keep moving forward? There's a scripture here where it talks to the Israelites, and it's in Deuteronomy 8, 2, and it says, Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove your character and to find out whether or not you would obey his commands. That's what God is doing for each of us that are in the wilderness. He's humbling us. We're not God. He's God. He's testing you. He's testing you to see if you're going to follow He's going to see if your character is really what it needs to be. He's going to find out whether or not these commands, if you're following them. That's what the wilderness is all about. That's what this in-between time is. Well, I'm going to end it with a song. Um, This song that I have such, we have such great worship people that honestly, I heard this song and I thought, this is perfect. And before I even taught the first message of this series, I thought, We have to do this song because I truly believe this song is going to speak to some of you out there because I'm sure right now some of you are discouraged. Some of you have lost hope. Some of you kind of started to believe the fact that, you know what, you really didn't experience anything real. And I think this song is going to have you have an opportunity to kind of gauge where you are and, and just think about your faith and really just recommit your life. If you feel you're stepping back, if you're not moving forward, a time really to, to ask God to come closer again. My prayer for you is that you don't get lost in the wilderness. Don't get lost. Don't believe what the world tells you. Follow after God. Don't start out faithfully and then start to go through pains and give up. Don't gain nothing from the wilderness experience. I want to say it this way. Don't waste your wilderness. Let it be powerful. Let it have taught you something. Don't go through the tough times and just lose ground and waste it. Don't waste your wilderness. Remember God. Follow his commands. And best of all, be satisfied in him. Even when you're going through the tough times, if he's teaching you something... Be satisfied in him. Let me pray for you. Lord, you are so good. You're so good to get us through these in-between times, Lord. These times where we feel sometimes that you're not even near us. Or you, you're just not beside us no more. But yet you are. Lord, teaching us what we need to be taught. I just pray for each person that's here today, Lord. If they feel as though you're not where you once were in their lives, Lord, that they would recognize that it could be them. It could be you teaching them something, challenging them. But, Lord, that where they are today, Lord, that they would recommit and just be satisfied in you. Lord, I pray that you would touch each person through this song, through this message. And, Lord, we thank you for everything in Jesus' name. Amen.